Amen. Woo! Amen. Hey, you, you, you go ahead and grab a seat. And, and uh, an idea hit me as we were singing. Um, if all the dads in the room could come up, up front, every dad, stepdad, adoptive dad, foster dad, if all the dads could come up, all the good-looking dads, come up here with me. No, I'm kidding. All the dads, just come on up here. You know, as dads, we have a, a real big responsibility, and we, we don't always get a whole lot of uh, applause. Uh, uh, the, the world doesn't encourage us that much, and, and, and what I want the non-dads out there, you know, <laughs> if you would uh, just stand up and give these guys a standing ovation right now. Thanks a lot, dads. Amen. 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 And, and, and amen. And, and you're, I think you're, God would say, you're probably doing better than you think you are, right? You think you're really messed up. Well, you are, but you're still doing better than you, you think you are. And, and what I, I like the dads to do, if you could, is every dad take a knee. Uh, we want to pray for our dads, and, and, and some of us who would need help up, that's, that'll be me, right? Uh, but if, if you all want to come up here, and let's put, if your dad's up here, that'd be awesome, but let's come up here, and let's put our hands on some dads, and let's pray for these dads. They got a, they got a tough job, and, and uh, sometimes a thankless job, but we, we want to pray over our dads today. And, yeah, get, 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 get to your guy, get to your guy, get to your dad. This is awesome. Okay, we have Lego issues. Hey, I see a dad taking care of the Lego issue right now. That's what dads do, man. <laughs> Jump right on that Lego issue. All right. All right. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to lift up these dads, including um, the dad here who's talking. Um, thank, you, thank you, Joseph, for, for making your dad a dad. Heavenly Father, we humbly come into your presence. And God, I, I pray for, for us who bear the same name that you bear, Father, and it's a, it's a great opportunity, a great privilege, a great responsibility, and, and God, we just bow our knee before you as dads, and I'm taking my knee right now, and, and we just ask for your help. Uh, God, help us to be the dads you want us to be. Help us to be the, uh, the men of God, the husbands, the fathers, the leaders in your church you need us to be. God, help us as dads to filter out all the noise and all the criticism, Lord, and just to focus on you. God, I, I pray for the, the dad right now on the stage who's got his knee bent, who's discouraged right now, that you will encourage him, Lord, that, that you will pour your presence into him, and you'll surround him with, with other men who will lift him up, God. I, I, I pray for the, for the dad who um, is about ready to throw in the towel that he doesn't do it, God. I, I pray for the dad who um, maybe needs to go home and, and, and tell his kids, hey, you know what, I, I'm sorry I lost my temper. God, I just pray you help us to be the men that you want us to be. And, and God, thank you for not leaving us alone, God. God, thank you that you put your spirit inside of us to help us to be the men you want us to be. And God, I pray that you pour out your spirit fresh on these men right now. God, we know you're real. We know your spirit's real. You know you desire us to be the men you want us to be. And these men right now, God, with their knees bent, are crying out to you, asking for your help, Lord. And we believe that you will. God, thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.
Way to go, Dex. Thank you. <laughs> All right, there's a mom who needed help up here. <laughs> that was a great prayer, Steve. Yeah. You're a good dad. Amen. Amen. Brother. Man, I can see you, brother. Amen. I, this year I decided to do that rather than to get you guys a pen like I get a pen and would wind up losing. Uh, appreciate you dads. Hey, hey, we're in this series and we're wrapping up the day. And the series is called uh, Tuned In, Hearing His Voice Above the Noise. It's been a great life-changing series for me. It, it also got me a reason to buy a pair of beats that are incredible. I, I love these things and, and they're awesome. Um, the other day, I was 4.30 in the morning, I was worshiping these, these things on, and I went in to get another cup of coffee, and didn't know I was singing, like, loud, and, and, and like, I had the back door open, I was waiting for my coffee, and all I felt, all of a sudden, it's 4.45 a.m., boom, in my back, <laughs> this my lovely bride said, do you know what time it is? That's the loudest and worst singing I think I've ever heard, <laughs> and she's probably right, uh, but, but anyhow, this series about, is about more than beats. It's about hearing God's voice above the noise. And, and, and the premise of the series has been you know, that the voice that we believe will determine the future we experience. Lots of voices out there. And the one we choose to believe is going to determine the future that we experience. And it's, it's built around these, these confessions, five confessions. And, the, and these confessions deal with Five weapons and lies of the enemy that hit us from insecurity, fear, self-centeredness, shame, and discouragement. And the first confession that deals with insecurity was simply, God says, I am. Let's do that. You, God says, I am. God says, I am. God says, I am. The world's going to say all kinds of things about you. The world's going to try to define you and identify you. But God is your identity. God says, I am. And then the next confession deals with fear, and it's a confession God says he will. God says, he will. God says, he will. and the way we deal with fear is we, we, we have to nip it, right? Nip it, nip it, nip it, right? Like Barney Fife. And, and it, never forget, you know, the N, nip, N-I-P. Uh, never forget that whatever is surrounding you, is something surrounding you this morning? Never forget that whatever is surrounding you, God. Is surrounding it. The I stands for we have to increase our fear of missing out so that it's greater than our fear of messing up. And the P stands for pursue your what ifs right to the bottom. I mean, what if the thing you're dreading that wakes you up at night actually happens? What if that would be terrible, but God will. God will be there at the bottom to resurrect you from whatever ashes there happen to be. The next confession dealt with overcoming self-centeredness. Um, God says, it's not about me. God says, it's not about me. okay, why was that one so much weaker than the other ones, man? God says, it's not about me. God says, it's not about me. all right, that's going to free us from our self-centered ways. And, and, and the, uh, the fourth confession deals with shame and condemnation. And that confession is that God says he has, God says, God says, God says, God's already paid for our debt. And and, and we mess up, and, and when we mess up and the enemy accuses us, 
we need to finish his sermon, right? He's good at condemnation, but he leaves out the redemption part. And we got to say, you know what? Yeah, I did mess up. That was wrong, but God's grace has got me covered, right? Because the enemy's worst nightmare is a believer who's convinced of these two realities. Sin is serious, and that grace is enough. And then last week, we talked about overcoming discouragement with the confession, God says, I can. God says, I can. God says, I can. God says, I can. Amen. And, and, and the way we do that is these looks. They're in, I, I made a, it's crazy. I can, you wonder, how, why did I talk so long for so many weeks when I can summarize it on half a sheet of paper, front side? There's my wife. Amen. Amen. Slap me in the back, wife. Okay. Uh, but these looks are so huge. You know, I wrote this sermon while being discouraged, and it's awesome. Um, you know, Look up, right? God's bigger than anything you're facing. Look back. He's been faithful before. Look out. You're allowed, you may be allowing some junk into your head. Listen to the wrong voices. We can't stop the chatter, but we don't have to run a limo for them, right? And bring them to our front door, all right? And then we need to look beyond ourselves and help somebody else out. Do something for somebody else. We need to, we need to look around and see, are there people in our life who can pour encouragement to us? And then we need to look ahead because we know God is always up to something, right? You know, he promises that, right? We may not see it, but we know him. God, the situation is terrible, but I know you, and I know that you're up to something, always causing something good to come out of something bad for those who love you. So God, I'm looking ahead, waiting for that, for, for that good news to come. And then we need to look in. What can we do to pull ourselves out? And, and what we're going to do today, something a little different, is I invited some guys to come up on stage. And, and, and uh, this Tuesday, uh, my D group came over to my house and and we were just talking, having a conversation about this series, and it just flowed so much that I decided, hey, let's do this on Sunday so you can hear how God is moving in the lives of some men at our church as they struggle to hear his voice above the noise. Um, we have Kemper Steele, Nick Pierce, Mark Murray, and Joe Johnson. Hey, I got to get your cups, man. Got to get your cups. This is like they do on TV, right? You got to have the the cups with the, the branding on it, Maple Grove Cup. If you're a visitor, you can have one of these today. You know, Just give us your email so we can sell it to make some extra money. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. And don't, don't worry, who had the cup last? <laughs> I, I've marked every cup. This is your cup, and this cup here has never been used. All right, it's never been used. Oh, oh PBC, no. It's not PBC promotion time. <laughs> All right. All right, so... Hey guys, and we're just in we're just in my living room and, and, and just want to kind of talk about what in this series has really impacted you. Have you thought about trying to hear his voice above the noise? And I'm gonna start with Mr. PVCC. Oh my goodness. I thought we were gonna do it randomly. Yeah. Wasn't no. ready. Well, I know. Um, You're always ready to talk. This, this, and uh, guys, Steve told me to, that we're that we need to pretend as if we're talking with each other. So it's going to be hard for me not to know that there's an audience, yeah, for me to sing and stuff. But um, um, I, I would say, I mean, just the, 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 for me, the theme phrase of, the, of this uh, whole series, the voice we believe will determine the future we experience, has been the thing that uh, I call it kind of the theme phrase of this whole series has stood out for me. And uh, and because uh, sometimes, you know, we we let other chatter get in the way and uh, and sometimes it's not it's not lies that are getting in the way. You know, sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes we, we hear like, well, it's Satan giving you lies. Sometimes it's actually not lies, just distractions. It's just yep. things that are going on. But uh, I will say the thing that hit me is um, 
throughout the series, you know, we've been doing our Faith Comes From Hearing, and uh, the Faith Comes From Hearing has been part of the Faith Comes From Hearing is that we had to start reading Acts. And, um, and I actually was already reading Acts because um, I'm just like a really noble student. of so, No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but um, no, so just between you and the five of us, right? Um, but um, uh, so, I um, mean, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I will humbly say no. So, um, but, but I was already reading Acts and actually by the time we started Acts 1, I had just wrapped it up. So I thought I would read Romans instead. And this is God's timing, not mine. Um, and so today we were, or I was supposed to catch up with Acts 3, but instead I'd already read Acts. So I was reading Romans 4. And I just want to share with you guys something because this shows you how much the voice we believe will determine the future we experience and also how awesome God is in showing us things beyond just a piece of paper for faith comes from hearing. So, um, but uh, in this, um, I just want to read you guys something that stood out. It was uh, chapter four is about all about Abraham being justified by faith who like we should, that's like the ultimate dad we should strive to strive to be like and stuff. So besides God. Um, and uh, and uh, the, I first want to read this to you guys because I want you guys to know that as like men, we don't have to understand everything um, if we trust in the Lord. And so I'm going to read this pretty quickly because it confuses me. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So, so I read that and I was like, what? Yeah. And so, so, um, and, and, and of course, then I was like, I also had like a little bit moment of pain thinking of all those circumcisions. Um, but, um, um, but, uh, but then here's the thing, this is the thing I'm getting at is that like, I could have easily closed my Bible and throw my hands up, right? And been like, forget it. I'm not going to get this. Like, God's not speaking to me through Romans 4 today. Um, I'm not, but I did, and I kept reading. And in 18, just a few verses later, he says one simple phrase, which is, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Amen. And to me, that was just so simple. And it actually just, I kept thinking of against all hope, um, like all morning long. And so I Googled it. Um, and this, and this, uh, and this uh, blog popped up, guys, that you should read um, some Christian blog. And it said five ways to hope against hope. And the five things were read scripture and listen, pray for help to believe it's true, Amen. start with yourself and then look around, take note, which a lot of times like Steve does, he writes really long journals, um, but you don't have to write a journal and stuff, but, and then pray for patience. And it hit me that this whole series has taught me that like, uh, with all the chatter going on, it's really, and I could have the most supporting guys and encouraging words, but it, it is all for not if like I'm not spending time with God. And so for me, that's, I mean, if I want to, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and he became the father of the nations. So like, imagine if we just like in hope, just believed, just really just Joe and God, you know, Mark and God, Nick and God, me and God, Steve and God, you know, just not all of us and God, but just to spend the time together. For me, I realize that it's about, it's about me and God and me. And, and I could have the most encouraging folks in my life, which I do with my wife and you all and that sort of thing. But if I'm not spending that time with the Lord, um, it's all for nothing. So as well. So don't let verses confuse you. You know what I mean? And don't even let your own like mind play tricks on you with that as well. Because just five verses later, it made all sense. And so as well. So that's a, yeah, you got to make time to 
get in the Word and not get busy in your day to just take the time to... And I've started journaling. Nick said he was going to start journaling. You've been, Mark, you've been journaling for a while. Steve, you've been journaling for years, right? Yeah, 20. Yeah, so, I mean, we need to figure out what we're pulling out of the Word. And like you did, you, you figured it out. And you just need to get in it and tune out all the other junk that tries to get in your way. I mean, it'll, it'll steal and rob from you. Yeah, absolutely. One of those things that it steals and robs is the memory of what God had done for you previously. And if you go back, if you do journal, and you go back and you look through, you know, sometimes you're stunned at the things that were so bone-crushing to you at a certain point in time that God just took care of and, and just wiped away. You know, uh, uh, there was a time where, uh, you know, when Lindsay was going to college and, and uh, there was a, just a period of time where money wasn't working out and Debbie and I were like, oh man, you know, what are we going to do? We don't have the money, you know, it just really, you know, uh, and you know, you mentioned before, you know, sometimes you're driven to God's word either through out of desperation or duty, you know, and we were desperate. We're like, all right, okay, honey, let's pray, you know, we're going to, you know, but it was looking back on that. I mean, I barely even remember that because God, yeah, it was just a couple of days later that, you know, a couple of things broke loose and then uh, there was a scholarship and, and everything, you know, there's this tidal wave of things happened. And isn't it sad that I would have forgotten about that encouragement if I didn't have that evidence to go yeah, back yeah. And, 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 and remind myself of what God had done in my life. Now, now you were, go ahead, I was just going to kind of jump on the journaling bandwagon. Um, <laughs> there's something I, I kind of decided from this series, especially to encourage myself to hear God's word, to tune in, to help, to help me tune in, was uh, I wanted to do like a year challenge uh, journaling thing where um, I asked myself two important questions kind of to start the journaling. Um, one is, what did God tell me today? So I would just look back at the last 24 hours and say, what did God tell me? You know, what, you know, what, what lesson did he have for me to learn, whether it was from reading the Bible or just, you know, meeting someone or, um, you know, just whatever might have happened. And then um, the second question would be, what, what would somebody else think that God was trying to tell me today? And not just for someone's opinion on, uh, you know, like I... You know, that doesn't matter, but to take a step outside of, you know, my internal dialogue and see, you know, what have my actions shown today or, you know, what, what have I, what, what's happened outside, you know, externally to me that I could uh, record that in, in a journal. Um, and I want to do that for a year, you know, I've got five witnesses. Um, yeah, no one else here. <laughs> um, but I, I want to do that because it's, I know it, I I know it. I really believe it that it's in one year from now, I'm going to look back at all the, the troubled times, the bone-crushing times, and, uh, and read exactly the, the type of encouragement God wants me to hear, you know, through all the chatter, and, you know, help just identify things that are chatter and things that aren't, you know, just to help kind of, uh, you know, tune into that signal a little bit stronger. Good call, man. It's also going to help. Um, it's also going to help when you're coming... Um, back and looking through that, it don't limit what God's going to, response is going to be. You have no idea where God's going to come from left field and fix a, a solution to your problem. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing if you can look back on it and go, well, I did need to find another job, but 
things changed in my job, and now I'm okay. It, it just fixes itself. God works, and it's great to look back on it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so important, you know, because I don't know, like you guys, you know, like the things that frustrate me, I can look back four years ago, and like the, the enemy does the same stuff, right? You know, and, and, and you're feeling desperate then, and you're thinking, man, there's no way I can pull out of it, and your finances can always be a, you know, a, a crusher in that, and just uncertainty of various things that get you down, and against all hope, right? You, you don't see a whole lot of hope, but, but then... God got you through that. Right. And if you look back five years previous, God got you through that. And, and the enemy wants us to forget, you know, what God does for us. You know, forget that he's faithful, that he always shows up. So, I mean, you know, that's why that is so huge for us to, to do that, to remind ourselves. A lot of scriptures, you talk about that, you know. They, they're constantly, a thousand years after they parted the Red Sea, they're still talking about it. You know, just remind, hey, you know what, God, God's faithful. He's going to show up. No, I was going to say, yeah, the enemy also likes to remind us guys that the, we feel like we're the only ones going through it. You know, like if, if I didn't have this conversation with you all, I'd be like, well, probably, you know, Joe, Mark, Nick, and Steve got it all together right now. And I, and I, and, and I have to like figure out what, uh, what, um, sorry, my, for some reason my phone's buzzing. Um, but, uh, so, um, but, uh, uh, so it, it allows us and it makes us think that like, you know, you know, I mean, we, I mean, I'm not on Facebook, but you know, Facebook allows us to kind of, you know, be able to put all the glossiness uh, around it that we can and, and realize that like everything's, everything's just hunky dory and nothing's going wrong. And, and, and the world of social media can do that. And, and when we obviously do have some, some struggles that, you know, require us to sit and, you know, just sit down and talk about and that sort of thing. And, and actually, it made me think, I think Steve mentioned in one of your sermons, the um, line that Moses said, you know, I mean, like, I mean, goodness gracious, if Moses is struggling with these decisions, like, like, it's cool that we are, you know what I mean? And, and, and I mean, he said, uh, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. So God's asked Moses, who like, we thought like, I mean, if I didn't ever read that, I would think Moses is probably like, yep, obviously you picked me, you know what I mean? You know, like I'm Moses, you know, and so it's a good choice, God, you know, but like even Moses is saying like, please send someone else. So, so, so I think, uh, the, the enemy sometimes finds a way to get in our heads that like, we're the only ones, you know what I mean? But obviously the five of us aren't even the only ones. No, uh, discouragement that the devil plays with people going in the right direction. If you were stagnant and not doing anything, he wouldn't care about you. You're not a threat. Good call, man. Yeah, he, he comes after us when we're doing stuff. Now, now you, you had sent me a text, Mark, talking about that. Don't quit on six thing, you know. Oh, yeah. I, and how that, whatever spoke to you. Yeah, I tell you, that really spoke to me. You know, uh, um, there are so many times that you stop just short of, you And, and know, what's the background on that case someone wasn't here on that Sunday? Well, you know, I mean, there's, there's a number of them. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, it's funny because I, I don't remember texting you, but I texted three or four people about this don't quit on six. And, and the one that I, I remember the most was uh, when Debbie and I were first tithing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, we were going to this church in San Diego. And I tell you, thank, thank heavens this guy was a godly man because I was so convicted about tithing as a new Christian. I went up to him and I said, Pastor, do I need to tithe on everything I'd made previous to this? <laughs> now that dude could have said, <laughs> yeah. he was like, sure. Brother, if you really want to go to heaven, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> but he, he said, no, just start, just start where you are, you know. So uh, I started and I, I come home and now my wife is an accountant. 
And, you know, so we're having this very Christian dialogue about, we can't do this. You know, I'm an accountant. I know how the numbers work. It, the math doesn't work. It's not going to happen. I'm like, I'm really convicted about this. We're going to do it. So, uh, so we started tithing. And, I mean, it hurt. It hurt. Um, but every month there was something that happened, you know. And uh, so there was one month where I, I paid tithe and I paid all my other bills and I did my check register, and my, I, I sent out all the checks, and my checking account was $127.36 in the hole. And I'm like, all right, and these checks are going to start clearing. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is where this whole shooting match falls apart, you know. <laughs> so we're, Debbie and I are kind of arguing about it. What are we going to do? Should I call my mom for money? And I'm like, I don't know. So we lived in this house. It's a long walk down to the to the mailbox. I went down to the mailbox and I, I got there and I'm opening up mail as I come back and there's something from the insurance company. I open it up and it's a check for $127.36. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> That's I'm, awesome. I'm convinced if I had said to my wife, yeah, let's call your mom, that that check wouldn't have been in there. Right. I would have quit on six. Right. And I wouldn't have seen the deliverance of the Lord. You know? yeah, so, and and there are... There are more stories about that than, I, I mean, I can count. Call it um, Just One of the ideas, and I mean, we talked about it during first service, is um, my, I, I like analogies and symbolism. And one of them is, I think you were here on, on that, that Tuesday, is um, my new favorite thing is be the moon. And so the, the reason I, I say that is... Um, the moon reflects the sun, sunlight onto this planet. Uh, it reflects it into, you know, into the darkness. And so I see, I try to be, you know, I never be perfect like Christ, but I can be a reflection of him. Amen. I can be a reflection of God's glory and his love into this world, um, you know, just by, you know, you know uh, just always striving and, and, and uh, trying to get closer to him. But with all of us here, you know, we help each other be brighter. We're, we're each a small sliver of that moon. Uh, so, you know, the, the whole body of the church, you know, the whole world uh, coming together, you know, makes that moon a little bit fuller. You know, and more, more light can be reflected uh, into the world. And so that's why, you know, uh, I definitely get encouragement. You know, I, um, the, these groups just like this, these kind of discussions help, that, help me to identify what is chatter, what is the junk in my life. Um, you know, every, every Monday morning, uh, you know, I don't have a case of the Mondays anymore because the the Monday morning groups that we've been doing Mondays are Mondays are awesome. I always have high energy, and you know, it ends up being a really good day. So that's just kind of one one idea I have about encouragement. You know, where where my mind goes. Uh, Judy and I have been trying to encourage each other for our daily dealing with work and the insanity that that brings. Um, we pray together every morning before we go to work. And we um, ask God to be, help us be a reflection of Jesus in our life and to be able to um, not have the response that normally would with stupid people. <laughs> and sometimes it's myself that's stupid. But um, I just try to be a, a, a better light in this world. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, these five things are so universal, you know, uh, fear, insecurity, self-centeredness, you know, shame, discouragement, 
you know, and discouragement sometimes drives all the others. You know, if you're, if you're discouraged, then you begin to feel insecure, right? Because it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And then, and, and then you become fearful. Well, maybe it never will. And then you become so focused in yourself. And then you could possibly, in order to numb, you know, the, the pain and stuff you're feeling, let me escape, you know, let me do something. Or we lose our temper or something like that. And, you know, what, what I found, you know, like this series was for me. You know, I, mean, I told you guys in our group, man, it's like, this is for me. You know, these, I, I, I call these my four horsemen, you know, you know of my apocalypse, you know, <laughs> that the guys that chase their door. And, and the deal is, you know, the, the further we go in God's will, the louder the chapter is going to be, you know, because you're going to be a threat to him. I mean, you look at Paul, you know, and so that's, that's kind of encouraging when you say it's also, this, it's kind of discouraging, but encouraging because yeah. if God's going after you, yeah, that then, then he seems that you're a threat. And, you know, I, I found it extremely encouraging to, to write a message on discouragement last week um, when I was discouraged. <laughs> it's like, it was, it was incredible, you know, to do that. And, and it just totally rocked and changed my perspective. And, you know, and that's what God's Word does. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what tuning in does as we, as we deal with fear. And I think you were mentioning the I admit that something to you, didn't you? Yeah, very much. Pretty much, yeah. The, uh, so the increase your fear of missing out so that you, it's greater than, I guess, your fear of messing up, right? And so, so um, yeah, I actually wrote it down here as well. And, um, and yeah, I mean, actually, um, I, I, I was so impacted by that statement that I actually left church and went away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I left church and, uh, and, and went and texted Julie who had, who had like, couldn't be at that particular service just so to make sure, cause she had been struggling with something as well. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just knowing, I mean, I mean, I mean, just, just knowing that you could potentially miss out on something that God has prepared for you. is just like that, like, hurts my heart more to think of now Mm -hmm. than messing up. And like, I guess I just need to be constantly reminded by other people that and be reminded by that in the word, because like when I get going during my work week, the other thing replaces, you know, like the fear of messing up starts like consuming me and that sort of thing. So rather I'm like, I'm just going to play it safe or I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, jump too, too deep into this situation or, or uh, that person looks like they're hurting, but you know, what, what am I going to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it more awkward for them or something like that as well too. But, but now like I need to hear that statement of missing of the fear of missing out. I mean, it's definitely, Man, how powerful is that? I mean, I mean, I've now realized that like if I if I miss out um, on something God is preparing for me, um, uh, prepared for me, then that is going to hurt me more in the long run than than messing that up. And I mean, and I mean, God's like we just sing songs about it. God's like you know standing uh, like the stand, right? God's like before your failure. So I mean, if I mess up, he's going to be right there to be standing in front of my failure. You know what I mean? So like, why not go for the stuff that I might be missing out on rather than worrying about the stuff that I mess up? So, so yeah, that was a, that was a huge statement. Plus it's just creatively written. Um, so, so wherever that came from, if it was Steve's brain or somewhere else, good job. Huh. You know, the, uh, I think you were talking, Mark, about the conviction, condemnation and, and kind of and kind of get the difference, right? Because as the enemy tries to lay shame and condemnation on us to understand the difference between the two is pretty, it's pretty important for us. Yeah, I, you know, the whole, um, you know, you, you beat yourself up and part of this internal dialogue that you always have, it's always so negative, you know, it's, uh, 
And Kepper's right. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's the enemy. Sometimes it's you know the outside world. I mean, you, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll I'll get my Bible. I'll I I have a chair that I like to. I kneel in front of and I put my Bible on the seat of the chair. And that's how I do my quiet time. And man, as soon as I close my eyes to pray, you'd be amazed at what's in there. You know, it's like oh man, I got to look up that Led Zeppelin "Houses of the Holy" lyrics. How did that go again? You know, and I mean, it's just amazing the stuff that's rattled around in there, and you have to forcibly uh, do it. But but you also have that dialogue of all the things that you didn't do, you know, um, and that you start reading. And even when you're reading scripture, you're, you're, it's, you're not convicted, you're condemned because the enemy is going, Mark, you're a terrible father. You know, you, you stink at this, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, uh, you're, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're a terrible husband, and uh, you're, you, you stink at your job, you know. And and you start believing that stuff after a while. You know, you have, to, you have to really force yourself. But I find that the more I fight my way into God's Word, the less prevalent those voices become and or the easier it is to combat them, you know. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, know, you want to have your, you know, your cup filled, you know. Um, but it's already full. You have to empty it out a little bit to get some of the other good, the good stuff in, you know. Um, so, and then I find that when I do uh, read scriptures, and you had mentioned earlier, sometimes it's duty and sometimes it's, it's uh, desperation. And even when I dutifully go through and do faith comes through hearing, and I, I may go through it and I may not get a lot out of it, it it's not long. I mean, maybe a couple of days when, bam, uh, it, yeah. God pulls it out. There's a situation and God will pull it out and it, it happens without fail. But the condemnation part, I think, is the most difficult because I, uh, previously I had a hard time dealing with condemnation. I could not separate out very well conviction versus condemnation. But realizing now that condemnation is designed to immobilize you yep. and abort yep. whatever you were going to do um, to keep you in that position uh, and ineffective. Uh, and now I'm able to recognize that. and. And I could, I may have understood that as a concept before, but I really couldn't put words to it. And I think that's what a lot of these messages did for me, is I understood the concepts, but I didn't have words to put them to. And now that I have words to put them to, it gives me a little bit more confidence of, okay, this is condemnation, I know it. Or this is conviction, man, I really got to pay attention to this and, and start praying about that. So th- th- that's some of the, 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 the major league benefits I've gotten yeah, from this. because when it's born like that, you don't, you don't get it, man. And, and, you know, you feel immobilized, but conviction is the Holy Spirit saying, and, and it's not... It's not lying because the enemy's not lying. You did something wrong, and sometimes we mess up by trying to justify why we did it. Right. But, and there's, there's, but there's, there's truth. Point. There's truth which allows them in the door. But the Holy Spirit says the same thing. Hey, that's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. I'd like to help you fix that. Yeah. You want to do that together? That's that's conviction. Condemnation is hey, you blew it. You suck. And you're you're always going to suck. Right. And, and when there's conviction, there's usually. You can see a path. You you can see a plan. You're not yeah. immobilized. You're more encouraged to yep. do something, or you you're convicted that oh, I got to do this. Whether it's go apologize to somebody or you know uh, you know do something, so you have it's more active. Yeah. No, that's I I would definitely agree. That's um, you know, every time you know I I think well I should read the Bible more. Well, that's just like you said, God. I was convicted, and I know exactly what I should do. Yep. You know, it's acting on that. That's that's tough. Um, 
And I, I think, you know, you said that, that the sermon was written for you, but I think it was written for me. Um, I was, it was written for you? Okay. I don't mind. But the message on discouragement came, came at the right time. Like God was, you know, he, he, knew, that, he knew that I needed encouragement and not discouragement. Um, just for, you know, some tough choices, just a lot of, just a lot of stress, um, no end in sight kind of a thing, you know, uh, yeah, what's like, man, what should we do? Well, uh, you know, just give it to God and that, you know, it's, it's just, it's really, it's really powerful when you can hear, you know, when the, when the message comes at the right time, you know. And I think what we're saying here is that, you know, I think, I think you were saying Kemper, and that's, that's the beauty of talking with each other. Because the enemy can make us think like we're the only crazy people, yeah. You know, that nobody else, everybody else in church, every you know, every other person, uh, Al Kemper never struggles with fear and security. You know, he he never has any deal, dealings with shame or discouragement. And the reality is, we all do, and we all have these voices. And I, I think part of us being able to beat them is to recognize that they're there and understand what they're trying to do. You know, because God has this plan for our life, and He created us. He you know, for a reason, we're creating God's image. There's good things he planned in advance for us to do, and the enemy wants to derail that. And, and the chatter, it just doesn't stop. And, you know, and to have you, know, you guys up here talking about it, you know, it, you know and, and, and we had another guy up here, you know, who, uh, Patrick in first service, and, and yeah, it, it's real. And guess what? You're hearing voices too, <laughs> you know? And, and that's how the enemy is. That's how the, the enemy attacks us. And, and, and you know, there's a story um, in Second Kings um, that, that I want to briefly share just because, you know, like Nick, my analogy guy, you know, it, it really deals with what, how we need to approach this because, you know, um, the enemy's never going to stop chattering. And in and, and this story, the great prophet Elisha, he's, he's on his deathbed, literally. I mean, I think hospice has even been called in, you know, it, it's that serious. And, um, but the nation is being attacked by an enemy, so... Um, the king, um, Jehoash, he comes to the Asian prophet and, and he says to him, I think we have some of those scriptures um, in Second Kings chapter 13. Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died and Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried. I'm really sorry you're sick, but hey, we're being attacked and I need your help before you go. Uh, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elijah said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did so. So uh, this guy, the king's coming. Hey, we got enemies attacking. Their army's bigger than us. They're stronger than us. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do. Can you help us before you go? He says, hey, go get a bow and some arrows. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elijah said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphex. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. And the king, here's this king, okay, he already shot the arrow. Hey, you tell me to strike the ground? I'm going to strike the ground. He struck it three times, and he stopped. And this is where the story gets a little bizarre. Like, hey, what's going on here? Uh, The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. And then we kind of maybe hope that the, they would like tell you what, 
was going on. And like, hey, could you like explain this to us? Then it said, Elijah died and was buried. And, and like, what's going on? And, and, and what, what's going on here is that, you know, the, the king, you know, each strike, each blow of the arrow, I believe, meant it was a battle that was won. You know, and, and the king struck it three times. You know, and I think the prophet was angry saying, hey, is that, that's all you want? That's all you want. You, you just want your enemy to stop plundering your land? You know, th- th- that's all you want? That, that's, that's what you're willing to settle for? You, you don't want to completely destroy him? And, and, and what I see in this is an analogy for us. And, you know, because I like to tell you that the noise is going to stop, but it's never going to stop. The chatter is not going to stop, right? You know, the impulse of insecurity is going to keep poking at, at your confidence, right? And, and, and the forces of fear are going to keep trying to push back your dreams. And, and the appeal of, of self-centeredness is going to make you to want to make life all about you, right? And, and the crow of condemnation, right? That was terrible, Rooster, man. I'll keep my day job. Um, you know, but it, it's going to, the crow of condemnation is going to keep pointing out your sins and your failures, right? It's gonna, it's gonna keep doing that, and the, you know, the dark waters of discouragement are gonna try to pull you down and to get you off your task, right? And 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 the way you defeat it is not just, it's not just one battle, right? I mean, every time, every time the enemy chatters, you're gonna have to. I was gonna go get some bow and arrows to do this, so I wasn't sure they would break and an arrowhead would fly out and kill someone in church, you know. So, you know, I've I've thrown apples and fruit and wiffle balls in here before. Uh, bunny rabbits, and so this really won't break, okay? But just symbolic, right? Because the chatter's going to come, and the enemies are going to come, and the enemies are going to want to start to find and tell you who you are. This is who you are. You're weak. You're weak. You're fearful, and you just got to strike the gun and say, God says I am. God says I am. God says I am. And when the enemy tries to tries to get you to, to be afraid, to get to be afraid of something and to derail you from your dreams. And you need to say, God says he will. No matter what happens, God says he will. He will be with me. He will be with me. And, and when shame, when shame starts to come on you and, and you're starting to think that somehow you have to pay the debt, you're going to bang it. God says he has. He has forgiven my sins. God says he has. He has. He has. God says I am. God says I am. God says he will. God says it's not about me. It's not about me. And God says I can. God says I can. And I can rise above this discouragement. But it's not going to just be one battle. We're going to have to pound the ground every single day to drown out the noise of the enemy. Amen? But, but, But we can do it. We can do it. God says I am. I don't... I really don't care what you say about me necessarily because God says I am. And God says he'll be with me through anything so I don't have to be afraid. And and God says, I I don't bear the burden of my sin and shame because Jesus already has done that for me. And God says that no matter what I face, I can get through it because he says I can endure all things through him who gives me faith. Now, I I put on the back here, uh, stay in tune, Summer 2015, I should have called it Summer 2015 Pound the Ground Challenge, right? You know, pound the ground! Pound it, pound it, right? Because the noise will be loud, pound it. And, and, and here's some things that, that you can do in order to stay tuned in. And, and I encourage you guys, you can keep this in your, your Bibles, just check this off. 
right? And here's the deal. If you do this, all these things, and at the end of the summer, your life is still crappy, right? And it didn't work, free lunch on me, all right? All right? If you do these things, free lunch on me anywhere you want to go, if you actually do these things. And I, I, got, I got nothing to lose here because there's no way you do these things. It's not going to be better. Uh, but anyhow, take me up on it. Free lunch. You, you want to dr- I'll drive you to the Ruth, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, man. Free lunch anywhere if you actually participate in these things. And I'll bring a lie detector to make sure you're actually telling the truth about it. Okay? And here's the things right here as we wrap up. You know, I will read the gross faiths come from here and regularly tune into God's word. I will pound the ground with these five confessions, wearing out the noise and lies of my enemy with the promises of God. God says I am. God says he will. God says he has. God says I can. God says it's not about me. I'll attend each Sunday or listen to the new message series on James called Making It Real. Uh, I will serve and show compassion to someone in the community at least two times this summer. I will tune out the noise and voices that are not drawing me closer to God and are not making me look more like him. Kind of the moon thing Nick was talking about. I will begin or deepen a relationship with someone who is far from Christ. I will write down two things that I'm thankful for each day, knowing that discouragement, shame, fear, insecurity, and selfishness find no base of operations in a heart that is filled with praise and gratitude. And number, I don't got numbers here, (laughs) Uh, I think eight. I will pray daily for Maple Grove's leaders, people, and especially for myself to become all that God has called us to be. And I encourage you to do that. And if you want to write on your connection card, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm taking the summer pound the ground challenge, you know? So I'm going to stay tuned in, right? Because it's, it's not one battle, right? And, and, and don't, too many Christians stop at three and, and settle for life less than they can have, right? Uh, we got to keep pounding it and pounding it and not settle for it and become the people that God has created us to be. Amen? All right. Hey, hey, would you all stand? Uh, the team's going to come up. And we're going to close with a song. And, and uh, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for being. Thanks for being as messed up as I am. All right. Uh, uh, thanks for confirming that I'm a, a messed up pastor in a church full of messed up people. Um, and if you're here visiting, as always, you're welcome because you're messed up. You fit right in. And, and uh, but we're going to close with a with a song that we sang a couple times, and it's kind of the theme song for the series. Um, because the chatter's not going to stop. The words are going to keep flying. The lies are going to keep coming. But the good news is, is the enemy does not have the last word, right? God has the last word. God has the last word about who you are. Uh, God has the last word about where you're going. God has the last word about what's happening in your life at this present moment. And so we're going to sing this song as a kind of as a prayer and as a declaration. And if you're, you're here today and, and you feel like, hey, you know, I, I need some prayer. You know, you come up here and uh, we can pray with you if you want to talk about surrendering your life to Christ. Uh, but just know, just know that God has the last word. All right? And this word, and this word is powerful, and, and God has great things in store for you. Uh, Father God, we love you. And, and God, thank you for reminding us in this series that there is an enemy and his, he, he doesn't need any new tricks because these work so good. And God, I, I pray for the person in this room who's feeling insecure about who they are because of what the world is saying, what, the parent, what they say about themselves. God, I pray they see themselves through, through your eyes this morning as we sing this song, that you have the last word on their identity. 
And God, for that person who's just so afraid right now and, 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 and doesn't know what's going to happen, and everything looks so difficult and terrible and dark right now, God, I, I pray that they, that they will know that you have the last word and that you said that you will be with them. And God, I, I pray for those who the enemy got to sin and, and, and now is telling them how bad they are, Lord, and making them feel they have to deserve to be in your presence. No, God, they'll, they'll never deserve to be in your presence, but they're worthy to be in the presence because of what your son did. And, and God, I pray for those who, who are discouraged, God, that they won't quit on six, that they'll keep walking around those walls of Jericho because they never know how close they are to seven. God, I thank you that you are greater than our enemy, and I thank you that in all things, in all ways, at all times, you have the last word. In Jesus' name, the one who was the word become flesh, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Let's rock the house.